I had we had an ex rope swing that my okay. ex, it was cut off and I don't know why I never I don't have any memory of have, us having a rope swing. Mm-hmm. But there was still a little bit of rope that hung mm-hmm. from the tree. And so one day I hopped on top of that Fisher Price <laughs> car and was standing on it and was like swinging and like wrapping it around and like dangling and I had kicked the car out from underneath. <laughs> By accident, and the rope wrapped around only my thumb, mm-hmm. and so I was hanging. Oh my god! This is one of my, I think, one of my earliest memories. But I was hanging by my thumb, screaming <laughs> in the backyard. Oh gosh! And um, my parents' bedroom window faced outside, uh-huh. and my mom like saw it, and like Kyla was playing in the backyard too, my older sister, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Help! Help! Kiana's hurt." And my mom thought I had wrapped it around my neck. So when she saw me with a broken thumb, she was like, oh, well, this is better. (laughs) (laughs) But I had gone to the hospital and completely broke that thumb bone and had a pin put in it. Is it still there? No. No. Because it was, I was so young, they had to take it out so that it could Uh, grow. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You just have a little tiny toddler baby (laughs) thumb. (laughs) Oh, hello. Oh, hello. This is That Broad's Got Moxie. What, what? Hey, guys. <laughs> hey. <laughs> How's it going? How's it going? I'm Kiana. I'm Cassie. And Danny's in the room. As Danny's here. Even Woo-woo. though we sometimes forget to mention her. We She's do. always here. She's always here, guys. We're going to get married. Not all three of us. <laughs> but, uh, it's, this is Cassie. Cassie and Danny are going to get married. Hence how Danny got wrangled into <laughs> our editing and being our go-between for all of the things. Danny's got the insider scoop when Kiana and I show up and just go, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I have a correction. Tell me. In Star Trek Beyond, mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm the biggest Star Trek fan. Of course. We've talked about this. But I misspoke <laughs> that there is a gay character that was revealed in the last Star Trek movie. Uh-huh. It is... Lieutenant Sulu. And I just, you know. Who is Zachary Quinto? No. No. John Shit. Cho. John, that's right. Yeah. John Cho. Um, and was Leonard Nimoy. No. No. Nope. <laughs> that's still Spock. Come Guys, on. You, you're in I the room am with. Drinking. <laughs> you're in the room with the biggest Star Trek fan, and you want to come at me Ever. with these, <laughs> these misfacts? <laughs> oh, God. It's, um,. George Takai. George Takai. That's what I meant. Yeah. And then words just happened, and I went, mm, nope, wrong. <laughs> just let me boop, put that back in there. Uh, so there are gay characters, um, but not enough. I still stand by that. Not enough. Also, Danny and I had a conversation which started with Star Trek and mm-hmm. what you said about Captain Kirk being just being a bisexual. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spock should just be pansexual because, uh, you know, logic. Yeah. It's only logical. Um, so we started this conversation on Star Trek and then moved to Rami Malek and mm-hmm. his acceptance speech for winning Bohemian Rhapsody and saying basically that Freddie Mercury was a gay man mm-hmm. as opposed to a, a bisexual man mm-hmm. um, and kind of disregarded his relationships with women, which were both were equally a big part of his life. So we want. I just wanted to like... We, we should have said there should be more queer characters. Yeah. <clears throat> as opposed to putting the, like, label gay or 
you know, whatever. Like, yeah. umbrella term queer is what we meant by there should be more quote-unquote gay characters. Yeah. So, just I, covering our asses on that one, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to the use of the word queer, mm-hmm. there has been some historical yeah. non-chill moments when it was used. <laughs> non-chill <laughs> moments. I use, I use the word queer in, like, papers that I'm writing mm-hmm. because it's the academic term yes. to use. Yeah. And easier to say than LGBTQIA+, yeah. plus, which is what is the it's, yes. term now. But there was, like, a post online that was, like, it was a mom setting up one of her daughters uh-huh. with another, uh, it was a lesbian young lady, uh-huh. and the mom had texted, she said the word queer, so... Either she um, is really respectful or a bigot. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's true. It's true. It's very much a flip of the coin on that one. It's like you kind of have to not uh, not know your audience, but like know context. context to be like, oh, is this coming from like a, a hateful stance yeah. or of like a. I'm, I'm trying to be inclusive to all yeah. under the LGBTQIA plus umbrella. Yeah. Who the fuck is going first? It is me. Perfect. Okay. So let's get into this. I am going to talk about Georgina Beyer today. I have no idea who that is. She is the world's first trans mayor and first ever trans MP. She's from New Zealand. Oh, I was, you said mayor and I was like, that's a horse. What are you talking about? Mayor. M A Y. I know that now. Did I say it weird? Mayor? <laughs> I don't know, but you said mayor, and I was like, somebody's gonna need to explain this to me. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Mayor. Mayor? Mayor. Okay. It's it just pronounced sounds- the same. Definitely not mirror. <laughs> it's not mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> That's just a different thing. <laughs> okay, okay. But she's the first transgender woman who uh-huh. we are covering. Yes. So I've. This is monumental. Yeah. Here at that Broad Scout Moxie, we know that labia does not a lady make. Oh yes. So Kiana <laughs> just said labia out loud. <laughs> Is that against the law? <laughs> no, it just it took me a little bit by surprise. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but because of that, I thought perhaps this would be a good teaching moment and yes. to sort of familiarize our audience with terms. Lay it on us. So, I am not a professional, mm-hmm. and if there are any points that you, the audience, feel I could articulate better or think I should research more, mm-hmm. let me know. That being said, the terms that I am going to explain to you today come from my prior knowledge in, like, sociology classes and stuff, Mm -hmm. and as well as the GLAD reference guide. That's a great reference guide. I I do feel like I've done my due diligence, but I come from a a place of privilege when it Mm -hmm. comes to this kind of talk, and if it's wrong, tell me. Bring it on. And if I offend you, I do... It does not come from a pit place. Exactly. We're very sorry if we're offensive. So, I'm so sorry. We will correct that shit. Yes. So, to begin, sex and gender are not the same. Sex is a classification that an individual is given at birth, typically based on their genitalia. So you can be male, female, or intersex, typically. But sex also has to do with your chromosomes, hormones, and internal organs. Absolutely. So that's, 
the what we think of sex is not as straightforward as we think it is. Mm-hmm. It's the it's it's very much related to the medical yeah sense. Gender is a person's internal sense of their identity and does not need to match their sex. Nor does it mean that they express their gender in a way that we deem typical. So a person can identify as a number of expressions, most typically male, female, non-binary, and queer gender. Absolutely. That there. sounds 100%. Coming from somebody, for, I'm also not perfect, but I am part of the LGBTQIA plus queer community. That's a, I'm it's, surprised can, I got all of yeah. those letters. <laughs> Good. You're, okay. you're on a roll so far. And I feel, I feel confident, but mm-hmm. I, I do understand that I am coming from a place of privilege. Absolutely. And, you know. Okay. A transgender person is an umbrella term for people whose gender expression differs from their associated sex. The woman who I am talking about today identifies as transsexual and transgender. Okay. A transsexual person is an older term that some still prefer, but it seems to be on its way out. Mm -hmm. And this means that they have changed their body by way of hormones or surgery or intend to. So, to be clear, a transsexual person is also transgender, but a transgender person isn't always transsexual. Yes. Because it is unchill in literally any sense to ask strangers about their genitalia. (laughs) (laughs) Transgender, or shortened version of trans, is the most respectful term to use. Fucking use it, because if you're not, you're just being a dick. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. A trans person is not a drag queen, but can be. Drag is a performance, and a drag queen is an exaggerated character, or not a drag queen, a drag performer is an exaggerated character of, the, of a sex for the sole purpose of entertainment. There are drag queens, drag kings, and it is most importantly the purpose of entertainment. Mm-hmm. A cross-dresser usually refers to men who sometimes wear clothes, makeup, and accessories associated with women as a statement of gender expression rather than entertainment, but they do not think of themselves as women in the long term. As Eddie Izzard. I do not know who that is. (gasps) Oh my god, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I don't... Keep this fucking in. Guys, if you don't know who Eddie Izzard is, get your shit together. (laughs) I'm looking, Kiana dead in the eyes right now. And I'm stressed. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be stressed. I will let it go this time. Okay. Eddie Izzard is incredibly talented, incredibly funny, and also identifies in various forms all all over the spectrum. Yeah. From 100% what one would consider male Mm -hmm. and the very, you know, very opposite with makeup and jewelry and women's clothing mm-hmm. exact opposite end and everywhere in between he's he's gorgeous he's really an inspiration he's written a lot of really good books i wonder if i know the person but don't. you do i'm sure you do okay um if you don't know a person's pronouns they them mm-hmm. get comfortable using them you use them all the time without even thinking about it yeah you think when you think too hard is when it becomes an issue mm-hmm. did the post office drop off the thing no they didn't exactly it's it it guys so easy it's so easy you just don't overthink it okay and the reason why i also went into drag and everything is because georgina is a drag 
woman, not a drag woman. What the? (laughs) (laughs) Georgina is a trans woman Mm -hmm. who was a drag queen for a little bit. Okay. So, again, one does not necessarily equal the other. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Okay. Get into it, girl. Now we're gonna... Now that that lesson's over... Those now that we have some terms. Fucking queer vocab 101. Da, 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 da. Ta-da! Queer vocab. My sources are. Sources. <laughs> Lay them on me. So I watched, most of it comes from a documentary called Georgie Girl. Oh, I love that. I watched. Yes. Also, Wikipedia, a Windy City article called From Prostitution to Parliament, hmm. and an article from The Independent called The Double Life of Georgie. Okay. Georgina is still alive. So there's a lot less stuff on her. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that she was still alive when I was doing the research. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay. Let's hop in. Let's hop in. Georgina is of European and Maori descent. Oh, also before I start, I didn't, I purposefully didn't put anything about, like, her dead name or her um, hormone treatments Uh or um, gender reassignment surgery because... It's not really part of the story. Yeah. But she does talk about it in her documentary, George yeah. Girl. If you want to know more about it, if you have questions that maybe, you know, are answered, mm-hmm. you can you can do that and dive more into it. But we're not talking about, we're not, we don't need to address it because it doesn't have anything to do yeah. with, with who she is and what, and mm-hmm. you know, what she's making happen. Yeah. And I just think... In my personal opinion, which um, is really has no ground in anything, <laughs> but we should just stop asking transgender people about their genitalia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just it's it's and, none of your fucking business. Yeah. Could you imagine? Say you're like a guy in a club standing there, and some girl walks up to him and is like, "How big your dick?" Like you'd be shocked. <laughs> you would be absolutely, absolutely. How big your lips, girl? Like, that's not... <laughs> you can't. You can't do that. So let's stop asking them. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> let's get into it. Oh, that's coming back around. I just want everybody in the room to know. It's coming around. I'm going to drop it on you when you least expect it. <laughs> okay. Georgina is of European and Maori descent. She was born at Wellington Hospital to her parents... Jack and Nolene Bertrand in 1957. Okay, 1957. Her parents had a very rough relationship, and in 1958, she was sent to live with her grandparents uh, while her parents attempted to work on their relationship. Her parents divorced in 1962, Mm -hmm. and that same year, her mother remarried to another man (laughs) named Colin Byer, and when she remarried, Georgina was moved back in with them at the age of four and a half, and they went to go live at a place called Upper Hut, New Zealand. Upper Hut? Yeah. Okay. And there's a lower hut, too. <laughs> All the huts. Her mom and her stepfather had a son. She had a half-brother, because that's how that works. Mm-hmm. And her this this second marriage didn't work out very well for her mother as, as well. Oh, that's um, a bummer. And so, while they were trying to fix their relationship, she was sent to a boarding school for a few years. Okay. In 1971, her mother and stepfather got a divorce, and her mother, brother, and her moved to a suburb of Auckland, New Zealand. I know that one. Yeah. Okay. Heard of that one. I, doing this research, I was like, wow, 
I don't know anything about New Zealand. Nope. <laughs> Not nope. I got although, kiwis. Although, I, I knew about the kiwis, and then earlier, when we were, when I told Danny, I was like, Kiana confirmed with me that as long as I was nowhere near New Zealand, we were going to be fine. Like, we weren't doing the same people. And I was like, oh, I wonder if she's going to talk about the Maoris. <laughs> like, um, I know Ger- that one. Georgina is half Maori. Beautiful. Her, from her mother's side. Oh, okay. Uh, she was a student at Papa Toto High School. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun one to say. Uh, and took a special interest in acting. She always knew that she f- looked and felt feminine, but through puberty was really when the idea of being woman set in for her. And one day she took the day off school and, quote, went prancing off into town, <laughs> uh, dressed as a woman, and went to the movies. And in the documentary, she talks about, like, the thrill of it and, like, it feeling right and, like, this is it. This is the one. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, But she hadn't started identifying as transgender yet because she wasn't aware of the terms. It seems that, because small town New Zealand. A small town and also kind of. not a small town. Pre, Without the the internet. Exactly. Without the internet. Yeah. So she she hadn't started openly identifying as transgender yet. At the age of 16, she decided to leave school against her mother's wishes mm-hmm. and got a job at the Royal Oak Hotel in Wellington as a night porter. Here she met a man named Rion, and he took her to a place called The Balcony, which was a drag show cabernet. Cabernet is a type of wine. It is, I keep it's doing this. It's Sauvignon. <laughs> cabernet. <laughs> Sorry. My B. Ugh. <laughs> um... Went to a drag show, cabaret, venue, owned by a transgender woman. She said of this first encounter, Georgina did, I was totally blown away. It was the first time I ever cl- I ever clapped eyes on transgender people. I didn't even know that culture existed. It was if I had arrived home. I had seen the light. And soon after, Georgina began her transition. Lovely. She started a massive bonfire in her backyard one day and <laughs> burned boyhood photographs, school photos, and all of her boy clothing. Wow. And thus, Georgina was born. Radical. That's just... She's like, and we're done. Yeah. Moving on with this new, exciting... Yeah. Probably terrifying a little bit part of her life. Oh, and she... At this point, she wasn't talking to her mom because mm-hmm. when she left school... A little bit of a falling out. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. As, it, as one does. That usually happens. Yeah. And so she just went diving in. And yeah. And was like, this is who I am. And this is, I, this is, this is it. Yeah. Uh, but because of difficulties finding a job, because of the discrimination she faced, because she was transgender, she began working in the Wellington nightclub scene. She began as a singer and dancer, then began performing as a drag queen and stripper, until this career led her to one of sex work. She admits that um, the in the period where she was uh, a sex worker, it was a dark time in her life. She used drugs to blur the misery of prostitution. That's a quote. Mm-hmm. And one day just called her mom. Mm-hmm. And it had been 15 months since she had spoken to her. Okay. And she came out and her mom was like, I knew this might happen, uh-huh. but I'm not down for it. Oh. And in that same phone call, she learned that her mother was diagnosed with cancer and was dying. Jesus. <laughs> Guys, this is the shittiest <laughs> phone call one can have. Yeah. For your mom to be like, I th- I thought maybe it was in the cards. Mm-hmm. Not 
cool at all. It's sorry. And also, I'm dying? Yeah. In the documentary, it didn't seem as explicit. Okay. Uh, uh, the disapproval. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like, I knew this might have happened. You were a bit feminine. Mm-hmm. You're still my son. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like I disowned you. It was like, I just don't see you as this. I'm not going to recognize yeah. this new you. Which is still pretty upsetting, but Georgina seemed that it could have gone worse. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Georgina had arranged with her mother to go see her mm-hmm. as she was dying, but under the condition that she visit her as her son and not her daughter. Oh, gosh. She spent some time with her, um, and there was, like, a few awkward moments where the nurses would be like, oh, is that your daughter? And her mother would be like, no, that's my son. Very mentally taxing because she was dying and yeah. But mm-hmm. Georgina, after a few weeks with her, went home to Wellington and then soon after her mom passed away. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Got okay. I for- this gets pretty... I also forgot at the beginning. If this is a trigger warning, what's about- I'm about to say next. Mm-hmm. Uh, trigger warning. There's going. I'm going to talk a little bit about rape. Just fast forward it for a few minutes. I'll I'll go through this quickly. Yeah, it's gonna it's terrible. And, mm-hmm. But take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. If you need to skip ahead, skip ahead. Mm-hmm. And this does get um, this does get a lot better. There's a happy ending to this there's story. There's a happy ending to the story. But there are some real shitty fucking times. There are some real low lows. Yeah, low okay. lows. Fast forward now. In 1978, 1978, Georgina and a friend moved to Australia to perform drag. Um, it was here that she was attacked, beaten, and gang-raped by four men. Oh, God. She didn't report the crime and suffered a huge mental burden because of it. And uh, after she recovered, she felt angered by the injustice of it all. And the situation seemed to reinforce this scum-of-the-earth attitude mm-hmm. that society had towards her. Yeah, yeah. And she felt that even if she had re- reported Nobody it... Nobody would have fucking how- done anything. She... And, like... How seriously would she re- would they take it? Yeah. A, she's a sex worker. B, she's uh, trans. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was kind of a dark moment in her life, and she moved back to New Zealand. Cue the the upbeat. Okay. <laughs> During bringing the- it back up. <laughs> Hello, we're back. Boom. During this time, she still pursued her career in acting, and in 1986, she appeared in the film Jules Darl. And received the highest award possible at the GOFTA nomination, which is like the BAFTAs, but New Zealand. I was going to say, it's the FTA sounds like FT. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. It's like a BAFTA. GOFTA. GOFTA. <laughs> That's way more fun to say than yeah. BAFTA. Let's just GOFTA, GOFTA, GOFTA. <laughs> Let's pick it up because it got real dark for a second. And so she not she now became an, an acclaimed film and television actress because of this. She went straight from the bottom, just boop, straight up to straight the top to the of the top. top. But even though she was acclaimed film actress, she grew disillusioned because she was just being typecast as a drag queen or a lady of the night. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm talented. Hello. Yeah. But she was like, you know what? This isn't for me. I need to take a break. So she moved to a town called Carterton. And trained to be a youth social worker. Because she wanted to help people. She wanted to learn a skill. Yeah. And Carterton was a rural, white, conservative town. This sounds like Macon's for bad news. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it does sound for, like... It does. Because, remember, she's... She's 
Um, Literally what, it's what I am. Hello? What am I? Biracial? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. Why did I this just This is going to be a fun game. I can. <laughs> Obnoxious. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so she's biracial. Uh-huh. And she's indigenous. And she's trans. But her warmth and engaging nature made her extremely likable to everybody in the town. Because it's like, it was a small town. Yeah. So she just had to, they just had to trust her. And it was like, okay, you chill. What up? And her presence became a positive and, quote, quite educational experience for them. So this, this is very, like, to Wong Fu. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's what this, have you ever seen it? mm You said it and it's I was like, p- laugh and act like you know. <laughs> It's a Patrick Swayze movie that you didn't list. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I know it. Okay, don't come for don't come for me. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was fucking ready. I still haven't seen it, but don't come for me. I'm just I'm a young fake fan and just watch <laughs> Dirty Dancing all the time. Oh, do you want? She's f- a fan of Patrick Swayze, like she's a fan of Star Trek. <laughs> she's a, the biggest. She's a fucking liar. Do you want to know a fun fact about me that I? reflecting on my life I've noticed about myself. Yes. Dirty Dancing, the film, makes me believe in love. Because every once in a while, I'm, a, I'm like a single young lady and I'm like, ooh, I don't need no man. If I want a man, it's because I I, I want one. I don't know what I was just going to say. <laughs> um, but, and, but I'm like, eh, I'm single and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Then I get the hankering to watch Dirty Dancing. And within a month, I have a boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> and that's not a. It's magic. It's magic. And with Zeth, I actually watched Dirty Dancing with him, and now I'm in the longest relationship of my life. Oh, yay! And guys, I just want to put this out there: we fucking love Zeth. <laughs> we are big fans, so don't fuck it up. I. <laughs> oh, we. Oh, <laughs> funny side side story. Side story to the side story. So. At the uh, the big house, the Alamo. Yeah, the big house. the big. House. I like that more. <laughs> the, yeah, we're just gonna call it the big house, like where that. Kiana and Zeth live with their roommates. They had an election. Mm-hmm. It was our political party. It was their political party. That's right. And so they had elections for party commissioner, which Zeth and Kiana and two of their other roommates <laughs> campaigned for, <laughs> which was his. Hysterical and beautiful. Uh, Kiana won. So she mm-hmm. is the, um, in office. The party commissioner. She's the party PC. commissioner. She's Pete Commission, as the kids call P. it. Pete Commission. Because <laughs> she's really down with it. <laughs> it's, we ran not as ourselves. We ran as characters. Yeah. Oh, God. So I was the Hillary Clinton type and was like, Pokemon, go to the polls. Which is literally what Hillary Clinton said. <laughs> like, that's the things I said. Um... Zeth was Jeb Bush. Oh my gosh, it was the best. It was so funny. <laughs> Levi was the like uber conservative, conservative evangelical. Even, oh my gosh, and he killed that role. He, role of a lifetime so for him. And then Gabe, who was the other runner, was the Bernie Sanders type left wing radical. He was a little bit of an anarchist <laughs> he, <laughs> compared to Bernie. <laughs> 
he well, because it was the party. It was on the spectrum of party, though. He was the party party commissioner. Yeah. So, like, I was just like, we don't have to change whatever. Like, parties yeah. are fun. But Gabe... we're going to make people drink water. <laughs> yeah. And then Gabe was like, we're going to do cocaine and have a huge orgy. Which was, like, the the very left to center. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Zeth's was like, we'll have... Vault, like noise limits and yes. a curfew on the party because he was like more conservative and then Levi was like this is a bible study group we're only gonna have wine and crackers like it was that <laughs> we're gonna keep it below 30 decibels <laughs> but we like actually made campaign videos oh my god it was the funniest we'll so. maybe post some how oh my god we will yes I will post I will post Either, At least mine. Yes, I will post Kiana's, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, but also, we'll. So Danny and I, <laughs> we like to really get involved, <laughs> which we love. Um, so we made campaign shirts. So mine <laughs> says Henry eighteen on it, and and her fancy logo, mm-hmm. and then, which was just Hillary Clinton's age with so Henry. Good. <laughs> <laughs> which I wear to the gym all the time, <laughs> and I get funny looks about. <laughs> And Danny made one that just said Zeth with an exclamation point. <laughs> so, and we roll up to this party and like, hey, we're uh, we're here to support <laughs> our uh, our candidates. It was and a real hit. Yeah. And the party goers voted. Yes. And we I went went to a we went to a secret room. Yeah. And had to scan a card and we voted. Yeah. Zeth is a computer science major and made a program that would scan QR codes that would then allow you to vote. And he also, like, couldn't vote twice. And if you did vote twice, which I don't know if you did, there was, like, a little thing that was, like, you're a a bitch to democracy or, like, something. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what it said, but it said something along those lines. It was a good time. Kiana swept it. I did. With... A, a substantial number of votes. Yeah. So. Which was not what we thought was going to happen. I thought, I think everybody made a really solid choice. Oh my god, thanks. You're welcome. I really won over the women vote. You yeah. did. You did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> that was and Hillary. most of the men. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh, back anyway, to the Where story. the hell are we? Go back. Yes. Carry on. Yeah, we, okay. We started with two Wong Fu and we got to. Yeah, okay. Party, okay. party commissioner. Okay. <laughs> So, um, she got to this town and became trained as a youth social worker and began, began to run, like, a drama program. There was Love a student it. outreach that was like, hey, express yourself. Mm-hmm. And people trusted her. Like, the students did because she never hid who she was. She was like, I was a, I was a stripper. I was a sex worker. I did drugs. Yeah. But here I am. And I'm going to help. And I'm changing my life. It's all great. Gorgeous. Three years after running this program while running this program, her colleagues were like, you should run for council, like a council position in our town. So she did, and she won. Yes! (laughs) Because everybody loved her so much. And then two years later, they were like, you should run for mayor. M-A-Y-O-R. Yeah. Not (laughs) M-A-R-E. And she ran, and she won. Yes! And this, oh, that's so great! And this made her the world's first trans mayor. Openly trans mayor, I'll say. And at this point, she had a lot of uh, media attention, because people were like, oh, this is the first one in, this first uh, mayor in the world to be trans. Let's talk about her, mm-hmm. or talk to her. 
And I said, in the documentary, let's just cue long clips of interviewers asking her about her genitalia and what it feels like to have sex. How big your lips are. (laughs) (laughs) But I was watching it and I was like, why? It's just, oh, that's so cringeworthy. It's like, that's, it's like, who are you? Who, who are you? Why are you asking this? You're uh, not. You're not a close partner to this person. You're not. No. You're not nothing. You do not get to know any of that information. Ugh, really turns my butter. <laughs> Baby, I'll turn your butter. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> um. But, but okay, she was asked all these questions, but she was super open and honest with them, and was like. Yes, it feels different to have sex as a woman than it did as a man. Obviously, you big dum dum, and like <laughs> because she she didn't want to shy away from her identity, mm-hmm. and because she was the first open person at the time mm-hmm. running for office, she was like, "I'll I'll talk about it. Like I'll be that exactly. one." You it you know what? If you want to give that information. More power to you. You like that's your mm-hmm. choice. Mm-hmm. But for people to just outrightly ask about it, feel entitled to a person's feel body. entitled to their body to to know things about them. Mm-hmm. None of your fucking business. None of your fucking business. So she was mayor, getting a lot of media attention, mm-hmm. and then she was approached by the Labor Party leader, and they were like, "Hey, you should run for parliament." Oh, and she was like. Okay, I'll run, but her county, or what have you, whatever New Zealand calls it. Yeah. Uh, it was Wairarapa. Wairarapa? Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> was, tr- like, a true conservative voting area. Mm. And had, in the past, voted for the conservative leader running. And she was like, yeah, I'll run, but it's an unwinnable seat. Like, mm-hmm. this this will be fine. I'm never taking this. Um, however, the National Party, which is the Conservative Party in New Zealand, the national candidate, Paul Henry, of no relation to Kiana Henry, um, <laughs> <laughs> ran a campaign and in it said, this is a direct quote, In my life, I've done a great many interesting things, though it's true to say I am still male. You say Georgina is a serious person? Well, she's a transsexual. Do the two things necessarily go together? And did not go down well. <laughs> he ended up losing the seat in 1999. And the main issue that they had, that his constituents had with him saying this was like, Georgina's only talking about things that we want to hear that pertains to us as... An MP should. Yes. You're making the politics personal about her. Exactly. That is not what this fucking race is about. It's not what it's about. And she had done, she had done wonders to um, Carterton as mm-hmm. a mayor. They were like, yeah, this is clearly a better choice for our needs mm-hmm. to vote for mm-hmm. this person who's not just, who's real. Like that's at the base of it all. People respected her because she was real. So because he lost, Georgina won. Yeah. It was, a, it was a fairly close race, but this made her the world's first openly trans member of parliament. Oh my God. She is killing it. And in a, um, after she won, it, this is a quote, it's less of a reflection on me, but a wonderful reflection on them. Rural, conservative New Zealand. Who would have thought? 
Oh, and it's gosh. she. She really is like a, a servant to the people mm-hmm. in her position, which is as, as a fucking <laughs> a politician should be. That's what you're there for. Yes. I'm going to rewind a little bit. <laughs> um, sorry about the way I say rule. Rule? <laughs> rural. Rural. Rural? Rural. <laughs> it's it's the funniest thing to watch you say it. Rural. Rural. It's also why I can never have a friend named Roy. Roy? Roy. It just feels wrong coming out of my mouth. <laughs> it looks wrong coming It looks wrong. Roy. 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 Do you I, have a problem with ours? I feel like you do. I didn't know I did. I didn't know you did either. But I just avoid saying the name Roy, Roy, and the word rural. <laughs> just go. Kiana just sounds like a car that's, in it. <laughs> that's stuck in a snowbank. Rural. I'm not drunk yet. <laughs> yet, but I'm not rural. 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 There's do you two pronou- R's. Do you pronounce the second R? Yes. Rural. 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 There you go. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. <Boy>. <laughs> Clearly you grew up in I'm a an city urban girl. city. I'm a city Not a girl. rural area. Rural. I just say country. Ting. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> she spent... Okay. I'm kind of going to breeze past her time in office, even though it was really um, important. Because as I was reading it, I was like, I don't know anything about New Zealand's political system. And I don't think other people do. That's true. Guys, if you want to learn about it, do some Googling. And I do. I do. So she spent eight years in government. Wow. She was an integral part of passing the prostitution reform bill in 2003. Which decriminalized prostitution and promoted the welfare and safety of sex workers. Which she did because of that really dark point in her life. Can we get a fucking woot woot for that? Because that is so progressive. It is. Woo woo. (laughs) (laughs) That's the most serious woo woo I've ever heard. Okay, let me try again. Oh, woo woo! (laughs) That's what I'd like to hear. Okay, cool. (laughs) And she, other um, MPs mm-hmm. had said that her speech on the um, prostitution reform bill had changed their minds because in it, because she's so fucking real, mm-hmm. she started with, I will assume, Mr. Speaker, that I am the only person in this chamber who has ever worked in the sex industry. And it was at that point they were like, you know what? You're right. Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. For, as what we've gone through. It's not your fucking experience, so why don't you listen to me when I tell you that this is something we need to take care of. Yeah. And there was a lot of, um, one point when she was, she had been arrested mm-hmm. for soliciting. Mm-hmm. And she was arrested, but the client wasn't. <gasps> oh. Mm-mm. And it was sort of like, what, what's... It what's takes reinf- two to tango. What's the reinforcement on this, though? If we can't, if we can't decide on that, what's the? We need to provide a safety net for people who need to do this. Absolutely. Uh, during her time in office, she sought to advocate for both her constituents, constituents, <laughs> and for the um, queer community. A dual loyalty. What? Am, am I drunk? Why <laughs> no. am I just really? <laughs> I don't know. I can't see your cocktail. I haven't sipped the second one. Well, you're either a lightweight or you just can't speak. 
I th- I'm just gonna go with I can't speak. Okay. Remember solid. <laughs> remember the um, one the Queen Liliu Kalani episode where yeah. I was like, I'm gonna do a really good job about pronouncing Hawaiian words. Sure. And I ended up butchering both English and Hawaiian. Yeah. I just don't think I can focus. <laughs> which like, I don't think I was a good partner to get a podcast for. But now you're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. We are currently taking applications. <laughs> Don't. I like this. (laughs) A dual... So, she advocated for both communities, which each side kind of resented a little bit, but what could you do? Like, this was her identity. Mm -hmm. And one day, she would go judge a sheep show. (laughs) That's what you do. New Zealand has a lot of sheep. You do a lot of that in South Dakota, too. The more you know. The more you know. (laughs) Um, And then the next day, she would be in the Pride Parade. (laughs) Like, marching. God damn it. Woman she did everything. my own heart. She did everything. A uh, farmer who voted labor for the first time when she ran for office mm-hmm. said, uh, described her as a go-getter and a good chap. She stands and listens to you, even if you're just off the street. She can mix it with everyone from top to bottom. People around here think she's one of us. And I say chap. I think that's just slang for, like, slang, slang th- yeah. for like a person. Uh, Either I'm, way. Yeah. Clearly he's speaking... He's speaking well of her. Yeah. And saying, she's just one of us, and we we love her around here. Yeah. She resigned from Parliament in 2007, because she was just tired. Mm-hmm. Which is like, yeah, fine. I uh-huh. suppose Parliament will do that to you. But she achieved everything that she set out to do. She strengthened the hospital in the county that she was representing. She passed the Prostitution Reform Bill and the Civil Unions Act, mm-hmm. a.k.a. gay marriage. Mm-hmm. And... She was just killing it. <laughs> in 2013, Bayer was diagnosed with chronic kidney disease oh. and required dialysis several times a day until 2017 when she had a successful kidney transplant. Hot damn. I was like, oh man, I hope she got a new kidney. She did. Good. That's so exciting. Yeah. In 2014, she joined the Mana Party, which is the Maori Party in New Zealand. Oh. And while... While she was in office, there was the a vote for the um, foreshore and seabed bill, which is basically saying who owns the foreshore and seabed around New Zealand. Okay, I was like, is this another language? <laughs> no. You said it all kind of foreshore and seabed, and I was like, I don't speak that language. I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's literally the, like, the okay. ocean, the water. The water. And... So they were voting on it, and it was whether or not it belonged to the government, the federal government of New Zealand, or to the Maori people. Okay. And when she voted for it belonging to the New Zealand government, Mm -hmm. which, as she did it, she cried, because she's half Maori. Mm -hmm. And she she joined the Mana Party and was like, when I voted on that bill, it was like the one of the biggest mistakes is my in my life, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to make amends, and so I'm going to fight for the Maori people, and that's like what she's doing today. Wow. Yeah, she continues to live with kidney disease, but reports her health is steady, and is just still killing it. Damn. Yeah. What a good story. Yeah. I had I had never heard of her before. No, that's because never I know nothing about New Zealand. No, me neither. I, I that what you just told me mm-hmm. is probably the extent mm-hmm. of of it's a majority of what I know about New Zealand. I would say watch Georgie Girl. 
to hear her speak. Yeah. Where did you watch it? I just Googled uh, Georgie Girl documentary. Uh-huh. And it's free. And it was, like, on a... Oh, it was, New like, Zealand, on a website? New okay. Zealand On Demand or something. Oh, okay. But I think there were several links to it. It's from 2003, so it's not, like, a new... Uh-huh. Like, they're not trying to make money off oh, of it Oh, I'm anything. absolutely gonna watch that. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yay! Oh, she's so lovely. What a great story. She's a badass. She is a badass. I also She's love... broad with Moxie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I also love the Kiwi accent. Oh, it's so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, your homework for that story is watch Georgie Girl. Georgie Girl. Georgie Girl. Yeah. And then also figure out who the hell Eddie Izzard is because... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Also, figure out how to say the word rural. <laughs> I just told you. <laughs> oh, boy. <clears throat> All right. Well. What are you talking about today? Oh, <laughs> mine's fairly short because it's from a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. And hold on. Pause. I need to figure out how to say her name. I'm sorry. Okay. So, this week, I am talking about... Cthulhu. Oh, I don't know who that. Is it a person? It is a person. It's okay. a real person. She is uh, the wrestler princess. <laughs> Girl. Girl. She is going to speak directly to Kiana's soul right now. Oh my god. Because <laughs> I please, got hot. I got to take off my sweater. <laughs> oh, she's getting settled in. Can you please elaborate? It's for some people who don't know. I wrestled in high school. I was a four-time state champion in wrestling in my weight class. Because she's a boss! <laughs> in my senior year, I won a national competition. Uh, we're just so proud of this girl. Not only is she a fucking smart cookie, but she's a national champion wrestler. I can fight! She sure can. <laughs> she is... Guys... I would not ever <laughs> want to get. No, can I tell physical? you? Can can I tell you a story? I was thinking about this the other day. Lay it on me. And I'm sorry we can't get into this. And I'm sorry I love to talk about myself so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was so I in Oregon in the state of Oregon, there is not a school league for women's wrestling. It's the state and nationals was sort of through a club. Mm-hmm. Rather than through my school, but my coach and my teammates were all... So, I wrestled with boys. Yes. During the school year. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I didn't do as well. I didn't fare as well with the male wrestlers. Because in my weight class... I can, I'll say my weight class. I was... Um, oh, if I remember it. I was 189. Okay. Or 192. They changed, they changed it my uh-huh. sophomore year. But at that weight class, it's either... Like, people like me who are just chubby and, like, <laughs> they have a little muscle on them. Okay. You know? Or it is the most ripped young yeah. men you've ever seen in your life <laughs> who are just hulked out. Just, oh my god. <laughs> Terrifying people. <laughs> and 189 I, pounds of pure muscle. muscle is the scariest thing on two legs. And <laughs> there was... There was one time, I've, I, like, was never scared. Mm-hmm. And all of my competitors 
in true feminist form, because I consented to this wrestling match, beat the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one, only one time I was truly scared of a young gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at a wrestling tournament. Mm-hmm. So there were several mats and a bleacher full of people watching several matches. Mm-hmm. So they see, I think he was the state champion for men's wrestling. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> huge dude. And I... People had been ta- hyping him up to me, so uh-huh. I was actually scared. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? If I last one round before I'm pinned, mm-hmm. this is this will be fine. Yeah. So, mid... I'm, I lasted two. I did Woo! better than I thought. <laughs> but it's because I have flexible shoulders. So he couldn't pin me. Uh-huh. And so in the second round, he let me stand up. Uh-huh. Which is like the kiss of death. Oh, he he sure had a, is. He had a plan. Uh-huh. And... I was on my feet. Next thing I know, I'm off the ground being thrown. And the safest thing to do when you're off the ground being thrown is to let it happen. (laughs) Don't fight fight it, it, guys. If you fight it, it, you'll get hurt. Mm -hmm. So I dead, like dead body, but he was still lifting me like I was a hundred (laughs) pounds. And he threw me on the ground in such a way that after the match, people were coming up to me from the bleachers asking if I was okay. Because... My feet were over my head. Like, he threw me on the ground. I looked to my left and saw my foot. <laughs> like, people came up to me. Like, a, like parents. And they are like, are you okay? I thought you broke your neck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Guys, I would like to point out, she did this for fucking recreation. <laughs> okay. Okay, and like... Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly flexible, but I'm, like, a 200-pound young woman folded in half. <laughs> that's a sexy, that's a <laughs> sexy Kiana sandwich. And it was... Folded in... I would like to point out, folded in half the wrong way. <laughs> the wrong way. And I heard... I And, like, when it happened, I heard the audience go audibly. Oh. <laughs> and you don't hear things when you wrestle. You sure don't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry, I was just thinking about how I saw my foot the other day. It's <laughs> not something you easily forget. Yeah. That's just a fun side story. Uh, so, like, perfect. I like to, st- I like, I sound like I'm real cool, but I'm not. <laughs> She's really just a nerdy wrestler. <laughs> Who wears a dress every day? We will get to that. Um, Pants are done. Pants are done. <laughs> That's how we got to it. Bantle. Oh, gosh. Okay. Where are we? Okay. Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Excuse me. I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. It's Cthulhu. C- God damn it. Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Okay. Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cthulhu. The wrestler princess. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you like a little blurb of, of background here. Mm-hmm. So she is... Genghis Khan's great-great-granddaughter. Okay. Okay. So, the Khan Mongol Empire. Okay. It's the, like, 1200s. The Mongol Empire was the largest contiguous empire in human history. So... Contiguous? Contiguous. Meaning all together. Oh, like, the contiguous states are the 48 states that are all stuck together. Girl, I'm not smart. <laughs> Did I have a stroke this morning? 
Yes. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Did you smell toast? And there was no toast? I had a bagel this morning. Oh, I fucking love bagels. <laughs> anyway. Uh, largest contiguous empire. Uh, so basically, their empire stretched from China all the way to Europe through the Middle East and also went as far south as, like, India and then, boop, like, straight up to what is now Russia, mm-hmm. you know. The Caucasus. The what? The Caucasus Mountains. That's those. (laughs) (laughs) What if I'm wrong? She's talking dirty to me, guys. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) Caucasus. So, so this whole thing uh, was started by Genghis Khan. Uh, He's a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) However, he unified a whole bunch of nomadic tribes and brought a lot of advances to the regions that he did conquer. Uh, Religious tolerance, increased trade amongst all these people, and meritocracy. All of these are good things, but he was also known for his, like, serious, serious brutality. Mm -hmm. He did not take no shit from nobody. I mean, what government? (laughs) What government hasn't? uh, What empire hasn't? What empire hasn't, exactly. So, in... 1260-ish, like, you know, give or take a couple years because it's the 13th century Mm -hmm. and, you know, (laughs) not all of these things are, like, down to the date. Yeah. Especially because, you know, the Gregorian calendar went and messed all the things up (laughs) hundreds of years later. Cthulhu was born and her father, Kaidu, Mm -hmm. is, so he's the great, single great grandson of Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. He's got a brother, Kublai Khan. That sounds like a comic con convention. <laughs> it does sound like a comic con <laughs> Lots of nerds attended Kublai Khan. <laughs> My people. Star Trek. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Guys, we're gonna get past it, I swear. Six months from now, she's gonna be like, Star Trek what? That's a, that's a lie. That's because I'm reading the comic books oh my now. Gosh, I can't. So. so her father Kaidu is fighting with his brother mm-hmm. Kublai Khan. Her father favored the old ways of riding and shooting and doing things the way you know, like the nomadic style. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm sorry, not his brother, his uncle Kublai Khan is his uncle. Okay. Um was more into politics and, you know, governing well and boring things, basically. (laughs) The Mongols are like, we're the biggest empire. That's not how we do things. (laughs) Like, we fight and we conquer and we live our lives. We pillage. We pillage. (laughs) We rape. We do all the bad things. (laughs) We burn down entire cities. So, eventually, Kaidu and Kubla... (laughs) Which are fun to say. (laughs) Uh, Just began warring with each other for like the next 30 years. And throughout throughout all of this, Kaidu relied on one person. And I tell you what, it wasn't any of his 14 sons. (laughs) Good. They were useless. (laughs) They were useless turds. (laughs) Were they abroad with Maxi? No. (laughs) No, they were not. Spoiler alert, it was Cthulhu. <laughs> Cthulhu. God, I can't I can't put the right emphasis on it. Cthulhu. Okay. Cthulhu. So, Cthulhu, she's growing up with 14 brothers 
in a nomadic Mongolian household surrounded by men all the time. Mm -hmm. And so she grew up to be incredibly skilled in riding horses Mm -hmm. and shooting bows. And Marco Polo, who is, he just went everywhere. He's Mm -hmm. the man who brought noodles to Italy. That's that guy. Bless that man. Bless that man. (laughs) Boy, do we love a noodle. Yeah. When you upset, he eats spaghetti. It's a spaghetti time. <laughs> Just... Oh, God. That's... I'm going to say that all the time now. I... <laughs> anyway, okay. So, Marco Polo, who, you know, casually ran into the Mongols, <laughs> <laughs> described her, and he said, sometimes she would quit her father's side and make a dash at the host of the enemy and seize some man there out as deftly as a hawk pounces on a bird, and carry him to her father. And she did this many a time. <laughs> oh, God. So there would be this huge horde of Mongolian riders, mm-hmm. and she would just pop out of nowhere on her horse, go and swipe up one of the other guys, <laughs> and bring him back to her dad and be like, what do you want me to do with this guy? <laughs> oh, my God. He's our prisoner now. And people were like, where the hell did this fucking woman come from? <laughs> so, super intimidating. They were they were like, oh, we should not mess with her at mm-hmm. all. But all of this paled in comparison next to her skill in wrestling. So the Mongols of Kaido, Kaido Khan's clan valued physical ability above all things. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are not enormous and can fight mm-hmm. and can hold your own... You're not really worth anything to us. Oh. I know, right? It's like, oh, that's got to be sad for the little guys. Yeah. But, um, so they, they were constantly having wrestling matches and betting on them. And, uh, you know, if you won, Mm -hmm. like, people thought you were literally, like, a gift from the gods. So, let me tell you, she's definitely a gift from the gods. (laughs) (laughs) If that's a thing, she's, like... Right up at the top. So there's no things like you. You, you know, you wrestled against boys, mm-hmm. but I'm sh- there's weight class involved. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if you know this, but Mongol Empire, they were like... They didn't have scales. They didn't, <laughs> they, I mean, they might have had scales. <laughs> they did not give a fuck. <laughs> if you're like, I'm going to fight that guy, they were like, please... <laughs> I'm putting money down on the other guy. (laughs) So she wrestled with all these different men of all shapes and sizes, and she was undefeated. Damn. 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 I imagine Mongols pretty enormous. They're... I I just imagine them to be really, really large. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how to imagine them. Okay, so according to Marco Polo and this other guy who is a historian, um, his name was Rashid al-Din. Mm-hmm. He was a vizier to somebody. I don't remember. But anyway, her father desperately wanted to see her get married. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because that's what you're supposed to do in this time. You're not supposed to necessarily be wrestling giant men and taking all their shit, mm-hmm. but so be it. So anyway, she refused 
to marry anybody unless her potential suitor was able to beat her in wrestling. See, I was gonna, I was gonna make a joke about that, <laughs> and then was like, is this a joke coming from a story I've like read before? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, it's her. I'm gonna. <laughs> you, you and Danny should fight, and. <laughs> If you win, I want to make it very clear. I don't know. I do not win in a west in a wrestling match. In a oh. wrestling match, the arts. <laughs> There's a drug in this room. What's it happening? <laughs> in a wrestling match, I do not win against Danny. She is scrappy AF, and it's never gone well for me. I'm a big wiener. <laughs> It's not nice to ask about people's genitalia. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that was so solid. Oh, I'm so happy about that. Where was I? So, she set up the standing offer, and she said, this is anybody. Mm-hmm. You want a piece of this, you're going to have to fight me for it. But if you lose, you have to give me a hundred horses. Damn! Did she have, like, ten million horses? <laughs> ten million mares? She ended up with ten thousand horses. <laughs> I get it. I, did I see what you did there. <laughs> you silly minx, you. <laughs> uh, what did I say? She ended up with ten thousand horses and no husband. <laughs> oh, my God. So that, let's see. Ten, what's ten thousand divided by a hundred? A hundred? Girl. <laughs> Guys, no, yeah, a hundred, the amount, one hundred, one hundreds. The level of anxiety I get when somebody asks me to do a basic math. math. <laughs> okay, I was right. Okay, okay. so, she beat one hundred men, took all their horses and was like, sorry, you guys suck so bad. I'm not marrying any of you. So, basically, it was this ridiculous amount of horses. <laughs> supposedly rivaling the size of the emperor's herd of horses. She's like, oh, I'm just gonna take my 10,000 horses and uh, get on my way. Skedad. Skedad. We're just gonna skidoo on out of here. Blue skidoo. We can too. Boop. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, so she remained super stubborn about marriage as she got older, and pressure, obviously, is mounting on her Mm -hmm. to get married. So, Marco Polo wrote of a time where a cockier-than-average suitor um, (laughs) challenged her. He was so confident that he bet a thousand horses instead of the normal 100 horses. And he was apparently... Although he was cocky, he was apparently a pretty good guy. And <laughs> just a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, we want to hate him, but he's, like, the the lesser of all the evils, you yeah. know? When, when you put your money where your mouth is. Sure. I You know. You have a little respect, even though yeah. you're like, exactly. what a guy. So, Cthulhu's parents were like, can you just throw the match? Mm-hmm. We 
just need you to get married. People are starting to say that you're having a thing with your dad, and <laughs> that's not doing good for anybody. <laughs> People are losing respect for us left, right, and center. Okay. Uh, can you please just throw the match? So, she <laughs> did not throw the match. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and took a thousand of his horses. Damn right. Mm-hmm. So, after all this, is, you know, she beats this guy, takes all of his horses, and then she's like, all right, fine. And then she eventually settles down with somebody, but it's it's up for debate as to mm-hmm. who exactly it was. But whoever it was never beat her at wrestling either. <laughs> she is uh, one of the last great nomadic warrior princesses. Mm-hmm. Near the end of his life, her dad, Kaidu, attempted to have Cthulhuun as the next Khan leader. And people were not happy about that. He was like, I have 14 sons to choose from. They're worthless turds. As they we have wrestling talked about. matches. <laughs> Who are these This guys? bitch can clearly hold her own mm-hmm. and take care of her damn self. Mm-hmm. So she should be the ruler. Yeah. But instead, a rival named Dua was appointed to be the next great con. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, the legend of Kutalun kind of disappears. She died five years after her father, so that was in 1306, like I said, give or take, Okay, you know, a couple years. And she was 46 years old, and we're not real sure, like, what happened to her. She died in battle, if, you know, if she fell ill. Yeah. Nobody really knows. So, after... Um, after her death, mm-hmm. this guy who, this Dua, who was given, you know, control of the Mongol Empire, it just began to crumble beneath him. And everybody just kind of went out. back to doing their nomadic thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and crumbled back into tiny, you know, tiny groups of people. Mm-hmm. So like I said, she was kind of forgotten for centuries. Mm-hmm. And then she made a comeback in 1710 when a French writer, oh boy, Francois Petit de la Croix. That was pretty Le good. Cro- LaCroix? Yeah. <laughs> LaCroix. What I'm we're a drinking. big fan. We're huge fans of this guy. He's He goes Actually, way back making bubbly water. We don't know anything about him. He might be <laughs> this a is, bad person, so let's retract the statement. Gonna, I'm a big fan of the drank. We like the drank. We put it in our dranks. <laughs> It makes him bubbly. Um, So he was putting together a biography of Genghis Khan. And he so he wrote a story that was based on the legend of Tukulun. It was called Turan. I think it's, I think you say it, Turando. And it was, you know, which it means, that means Turkish daughter. Mm -hmm. But it kind of was like... Oh, we're going to take this basic idea of this stubborn girl who doesn't want to get married mm-hmm. and make it a little less wrestling matchy and a little more, um, they made it a little more like Sphinx-like. <laughs> so oh, like answer a her riddle. suitors would have to answer a riddle. And if they didn't answer it, then they were killed. So, <laughs> man, I like the idea of a fight more. Right? <laughs> There's a little more substance to it. And then she's getting horses. Yeah. And, you know, instead of just being like, oh, you're wrong, dead, 
Mm-hmm. So. Boo. Um, boo. <laughs> Century, centuries later, in the early 1900s, the story of Tarando was turned into an Italian opera. But, again, it took... It's just kind of watering down mm-hmm. her story just a little bit at a time. So the opera is basically about this, like, no-nonsense woman who finally gives in to love. But there's no wrestling. There's no horses. There's no riddles or, or you know man unnecessary (laughs) so while the west may have rewritten history with Mm -hmm. its recasting of cthulhu into you know these watered down version yeah mongolia continues to honor cthulhu's actual history to this day the traditional outfit worn by mongolian wrestlers is conspicuously open chest the reason being to show that the wrestler is not a woman in deference to the undefeated Kutalun. So they have big open, like, uh-huh. open chests mm-hmm. to be like, that's not a man. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a woman. Yeah. The the only woman warrior uh-huh. that we recognize yeah. is Kutalun. That's... <sighs> also, there was, <laughs> there was this little bit that I didn't... I don't know why I didn't write it down. Anyway, so... She's, Marco Polo wrote something about her appearance Mm -hmm. and her being, like, very broad Mm -hmm. and heavily muscled and something else. And I was like, oh, she's built like a brick shit house. (laughs) (laughs) Which, have you ever heard that? That saying? Uh Uh-uh. No, okay. Is it an outhouse? Yeah, basically. So my entire life, (laughs) I have been told by one person or another Mm -hmm. that I'm, that I Mm -hmm. am built like a brick shit house. Okay. (laughs) Which basically just means like really kind of broad Mm -hmm. and sturdy. And also I don't have a lot. I just kind of look like a big rectangle. (laughs) There's no hourglass figure happening here, kids. (laughs) It's just kind of, I kind of am shaped like a linebacker. Um, but for the longest time, I, when I would say that, I would say shit brick house. <laughs> Essentially just telling people that I'm a brick house made of shit. <laughs> so it wasn't until someone corrected me and I was like, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, that's the story of Cthulhu. That was dope. That was dope. I like her a lot. Yeah. Danny suggested her, and then I was thinking about it and doing research, and I was like, oh, it's like Kiana. That's so exciting. <laughs> I should have asked for horses. You should. <laughs> you should. I like, so many. Hey, is that, um, unless you can win <laughs> in a wrestling match, I'm going to need you to get me a hundred horses. <laughs> we, um, last night, we were like, joking around and mm-hmm. he walked up behind me and put his like arms around uh-huh. my shoulders uh-huh. and I because fl- we were standing in front of bed I fully <laughs> just flipped him over <laughs> and he landed on the bed and I was like were you expecting that and he was like why would I <laughs> no <laughs> you're my beautiful delicate wonderful girlfriend why would you fucking body slam me <laughs> he was fine it was on it was on the bed I knew he was safe <laughs> 
Just don't sneak up on me. That's right. <laughs> yeah, don't sneak up on either of us because uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know. We will fuck you up. Or Kiana will. <laughs> I, I can't run far, but I can run short distances very quickly. I'll go get help. See, and I can't run very fast. <laughs> I'm a... I'm a slow go kind of gal. <laughs> I'm a slow go after about 100 meters. <laughs> I got real short legs. I was like, wee! <laughs> but but I'm, I'm like a Oh, it's what did I say? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly why. I didn't have to run far. I just had to make it to bases real quick. Like. See, and I was just slow. <laughs> I was... <laughs> yeah. 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 Well... Well, I think uh, I think that's good. I think yeah. that about wraps her up. We've adjusting, adjusting. We've come to the end. We have. What's up, Kiana? Where do people find our shit? Well, if you'd like, wait. Let me start over. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you'd like, and as we would like you to, mm-hmm. listen wherever you're listening to us, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. And also follow us on our social media accounts. On f- Facebook and Instagram, we are at that Broads Got Moxie. And on Twitter, we are at Broads Got Moxie. That's right. And if you if you have suggestions or if you have questions that we can answer, comments or corrections, or you just want to, like, give us a, hey, you guys are great. We love you. Yeah. We, we love to hear about that, too. Uh, you can email us at thatbroadsgotmoxie at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think when this episode comes out, I hope you had a happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. I think so. I think so, too. We need to get a calendar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, go drink some Guinness. Yeah. Or, you know, some other green beverage that's boozy. Eat soda bread. Oh, and yummy, yummy corned beef. Oh, man, I'm going to make the shit out of that this year. Cabbage. Cabbage and potatoes (laughs) from the homeland. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. That is all. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Bye.